Hi, welcome back to another episode of You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. You can find more supportive content over on Instagram at You the Mother, and be sure to check out youthemother.com where you can reach out to work with me one on one or sign up for my group coaching. I'm so excited to be discussing how to maintain our intimacy throughout parenthood today with my guest, Shadi. Shadi is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of Georgia, specializing in couples counseling and sex therapy. She also hosts the My Intimacy Therapist podcast and has additional offers of dating coaching and immersive date nights for couples. You can find Shadi on her website, myintimacytherapist.com. You can find her on Instagram at myintimacytherapist, and you can find her podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast, My Intimacy Therapist Podcast. Shade also has a seven-day couples touch guide, which I will be linking in the description of this podcast. I hope that you enjoy this week's episode, and if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. Welcome to the You, the Mother podcast. I am so excited that you are here joining us today to talk about intimacy and parenthood. Um, I think that this is a journey that a lot of us ebb and flow on, so I'm excited to have this conversation. But first, tell me, listeners, a little bit about yourself. Yes. Okay, so I'm. Um, my name is Sade. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. I absolutely love it. My specialty is in couples therapy and sex therapy. So I would say most of my caseload has to do with folks trying to rebuild trust after an affair or people who are experiencing some kind of sexual dysfunction. So that can be low desire, mismatched libidos, but a lot of my ladies are working Mm -hmm. through pain and how that impacts maybe not even be able to have intercourse at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess like let's kind of dive into. Well, you have like lots of different topics that I know want to like touch on, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But I guess let's talk about after we bring home babies in our relationships. Um. There's lots of different things that can happen for our intimacy, right? Maybe we're struggling with breastfeeding and we're feeling a little touched out. Um, maybe our libido does go through some of these dips. Can you kind of walk us through, I guess, what are some normal things or normal challenges that couples face while in this postpartum period and how to navigate them? Mm. I think right now the internet and the accessibility that you have to information is both extremely helpful and extremely harmful. Because on one hand, there's no one-size-fits-all for what postpartum recovery looks like. On the other hand, you can feel extremely alone when you're at home and you feel like you're going crazy and you haven't slept. And it seems like no one's able to relate. And so in that regard, it is nice to be able to hear from other ladies. Which, as a side note, I learned about this app called Peanut. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So for 
people who don't have community to just hear from each other. Um, but all that to say, so the normal things are the fact that your body has just gone through something incredible and yeah. traumatic. Super traumatic. Yeah. Super traumatic. And depending yeah. on your birth story, I mean, you've, you've got situations where you're healing physically, mm-hmm. your hormones may or may not be completely out of whack. I mean, I feel like a lot of women know that part just mm-hmm. practically, mm-hmm. but then when it comes time to actually experience it in real life, it's hard to give yourself the permission to just not be okay. Yeah. For a little bit. Yes. Partners can help or hurt the situation. Agreed. <laughs> because I've been lucky enough to have clients whose partners are extremely supportive and understanding, yeah. which is yeah. great. But that's not everyone's story. And so if you're just working on healing and maybe you have another child and so you're balancing that and then you have your partner, they're like, hey, when are we going (laughs) to be us again? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. discouraging. And I try to tell people when you're entering parenthood, you're kind of becoming another person. Mm -hmm. Still you should still make time and space to remember who you are. But also remember, this might be your first time transitioning in this way. Yeah. So don't expect yourself to go back to what was normal before. Right. Instead, once you get enough sleep, if that's even a thing, we take some time to proactively create a new normal. Yeah. A new flow, a new rhythm. And so when people say things like, oh, I hate scheduling sex, Scheduled sex is intentional sex. Yeah. And it does not have to be boring. It can be literally you creating a time and space container to give yourself permission to access any of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because when you are working on figuring out breastfeeding and what diaper is going to leak the least and all of those things, you're not going to have the same mental bandwidth for your partner to come up to you and, you know, grab something and then you respond. Yeah. So scheduled sex is preferable to give yourself that transition period yeah um but also the normal things are irritability yeah lack of desire not even just lack of desire lack of fathoming the desire Mm -hmm. because yes touch hunger skin hunger um it's essentially how much touch you crave we all have different amounts Mm -hmm. and then when you add on to that that you have this human that needs to be attached to you almost twenty four seven. Your touch tank, regardless of how big or small it is, is getting filled faster. Yeah, and a lot of the time, just because of the regular work day and schedule, it's the end of the day when you're reconnecting yeah. with your significant other, which means if your tank is full, it's done, mm-hmm. and if it's almost full, it's still kind of done. Yeah, so. Those were lots of words. I feel like I, I know, but voice. I think that like, and especially like with this touch hunger, you know, like obviously you're touched out by the end of the day when you have these little babies, you know, I have to uh, like, this just seems so normal to me, but I think that it kind of goes back to your um, point about scheduling sex, right? I think that sometimes we get wrapped up in scheduling sex. It's just not sexy. Mm. but we schedule date nights right you know we can't just be like spontaneous anymore when you have 
kids underfoot and be like, oh, let's just like do a date night, right? You know, you got to schedule the babysitter. You got to plan where you're going, what you're doing, what time are you going to be back for the babysitter? Is it in the budget? How are we going to budget it, right? And so you do like plan for a date night. I think it's very similar to planning for sex where, you know, okay, we have sex on Tuesdays. That's our day. Whatever is, you know, works for you and your partner. But maybe that's part of the planning is, in order for me to kind of refill like my touch tank or get, you know, some desire to want to be touched, you're going to have to do bedtime tonight. I'm going to have to like go do a bubble bath and decompress and not look at anybody for 20 minutes so that I can come back to you kind of refreshed, you know, like that could be a really good idea. Um, But I do, I think the scheduling sucks, especially when you have, all these little people is so important. Yeah. And when, so in my practice, I tell yeah. people that sex means something different. Yeah. It's not the act of intercourse. It's right. being in this kind of energy with the yeah. person. Yeah. So when you think about scheduling sex, you're thinking about scheduling time to be open to the idea of touching and being close to your significant other. Yeah. So just think of, that first step not of the end result because otherwise it's gonna feel like okay the door closes you know we've got one hour let's just check this box yeah and maybe there's a time and place for that I don't know do you but um (laughs) overall in order to make it somewhat enjoyable you're just thinking of scheduling you time so and then us time so if that is the bubble bath, if that is you just mm-hmm. need to walk around TJ Maxx Home Goods yep. <laughs> for a little bit, if that means you need to walk in nature. Honestly, I hear a lot of people express acts of service and complete and utter quietness yeah. as their new love language when yes. they transition to parenthood. Yeah. So um, schedule time for that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not realistic to expect yourself. And again, I know time is a huge factor here. Yeah. But it's not realistic to expect yourself to go from hustle, bustle, bath time, this, that, da, 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 straight into any sense of connection. Yeah. So there needs to be a little buffer. It could be 15 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour, whatever you can afford in yeah. time currency. Yeah. But treat that as almost a non-negotiable sounds so dramatic. But a, a very critical part of what's going to help you to even consider desire because yeah. I think a lot of ladies beat themselves up about, I don't have any sex drive. I have none. I don't need this conversation doesn't even really make sense. it really makes sense that we don't. Yeah. When we talk about like our modern motherhood and just the way that it's structured, the mental load, the lack of the village, you know, and I'm like air quoting the village that once was. You know, there are so many moms out there right now that don't have the support and the resources that they need to be raising tiny people. Which is also why, like... It's really important to be having these conversations with our partners, right? Yeah. The social media doesn't help because you're not getting all of that context behind things. Right. You're not understanding the impact of... Just having a in-law close by to watch the kids once a week has a significant difference on someone's life compared to being isolated because you moved a couple years ago for one of your jobs. You just happened to get pregnant, but there's no one around. Mm-hmm. That's very hard. Um, mm-hmm. Things like your pre-existing mental health, 
yeah. things like um, if you have any health issues with yeah. your body, you know, so all of this compounds to create how accessible desire is or isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Communication, obviously, is yeah. the best path, yeah. but I don't yeah. think a lot of people know how to put words to, this is why I feel sad. This is why I feel tired. This is why I feel lack of energy. Yeah. Especially if the conversation is only re- revolving around when's the next time we're going to have intercourse. Right. Right. I know. I guess like, do you have um, advice for women on how to have some of these conversations? Because, you know, and I can like kind of speak for myself a little bit. It's really hard in some of these moments to know what you need, mm. especially like first time mo- motherhood. But I feel like even if you're on your second, third, fourth baby, whatever, you're still this new version of you every mm-hmm. time. Every time a new version of you is born with this new baby, um, this new roommate moves into your house, the whole dynamic gets shifted and changed. Your sleep schedules are crazy. You know, you're trying to juggle this new norm. And for a lot of women, you know, maybe you have well-meaning partners and maybe you don't, but <laughs> let's assume that, you know, our partners are like well-meaning and want to be helpful. And they're like, what do you need? You're like, I don't even know. I'm just not feeling myself. I'm sad. I'm, you know, fill in the blank. I'm struggling. I can't keep up. Um, and I want to have this intimacy with my partner, but I just like don't even know what I need and I'm struggling with my desire. You know, how do we kind of have some of those conversations with our partner to invite them in for the journey instead of being on the journey all by yourself and feeling so alone? I I really think that having a willing partner is a big part of this and there's no way around that. So I'll speak to both sides. First, I'll speak to the ladies who are like, there's no way. My partner doesn't even want to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, so that hurts. Yeah. And is lonely. Yeah. If they were open to counseling, that would be where I would say would be the best path. Mm-hmm. Because then you have this third party who's able to see and manage the dynamic and potentially help engage them a bit more. But if even that is something that's not accessible, whether because they don't want to or financially it's a struggle, Mm -hmm. then full-on self-care mode. Mm -hmm. So as best as you can, give yourselves these bursts of 10, 15 minutes where you don't have to be the hero. Mm -hmm. You can take a shower. You can do whatever it needs to just refresh and replenish yourself enough to feel human. Mm-hmm. And to feel like you, whoever the new you is, mm-hmm. um, that's, I think, a lot more helpful than trying to just always be on top of everything at all times. Just give like mini breaks. Yeah. And again, counseling if your partner is open to that and it's hard yeah. to communicate on your own. So yeah, that's that side. Um, also, also community. You yeah. know, if there is any way that you know of, you know, a group in your town where moms go out and walk together or Mm -hmm. anything like that surround yourself with people because we so need that yeah and to be able to have adult conversations yes (laughs) (laughs) all of that is this is that village so creating a village is so nourishing yeah 
when you don't have a supportive partner and even if you did. Yeah. Um, so for the ladies who are saying, my guy's great, he'd be willing to help. He drops the ball sometimes, but he means well. Um, they just need more direction just than we do. I don't know. Some hands-on. Like, <laughs> and, 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 they need more direction, and you don't have the bandwidth to give it to them. It, it causes a lot of resentment yeah. for me. I'm not going to lie. It feels like one more job sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I thought we just had one kid. I just didn't yep. I didn't yep. realize. Like, um, he's like, well, just tell me what you need. And I'm like, that sounds like understand. you want me to be your manager. And that. <sighs> mental load is is such a thing yeah they do not understand that that question is so triggering Uh, so to that I would say stop the drowning first Mm -hmm. so create enough time and space that you don't feel like you're drowning in the next task that's step one however you can achieve that so that might be okay uh, let's use the holidays because this happens a lot around the holidays everything's going 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 People need you. People want to see the baby, which is, like, annoying because they want you to come to them. And, like, I'm confused. Anyway, so you schedule a day or a time where you know, here's where I'm going to reserve one hour, two hours, half a day where there's nothing I have to do. Mm -hmm. And I can be out of mom mode for a second. And so, yeah, maybe life is just continuously crazy until then, but at least you have it set. Yeah. Once you transition into that, you let everything else go. Mm-hmm. You're not focused on managing your partner because they're an adult. And we're going to trust that they can figure they it out. They are whole capable humans. Entirely <laughs> capable. And sometimes, if we're being honest, especially if you are a firstborn, if you're type A, if you were mm-hmm. the manager of your own family of origin, mm-hmm. sometimes we forget that if you let people figure it out, they will. Yeah. And that's a trust thing, which again, plugging therapy, but <laughs> just go ahead and practice that's a really, the trust. That's a really important thing to know. A lot of my community is, mm. um, I would say, cycle breakers. Um, a lot of us yeah. are navigating difficult family dynamics with our family of origins. And so I think a lot of these kind of control issues or you know and it's okay I say this very lovingly and has right there alongside you girl uh, ladies but it was never your responsibility to have to control your environment as your own little person and now that we're over here in a hopefully safer spot we have to give up some of that control sometimes yeah, and yeah. remember that motherhood exacerbates so the control just for a little bit at the beginning. <laughs> yep. At the beginning. And sometimes yep. we don't grow out of the at the beginning until they're like 25. But <laughs> just yep. remember that this is your first time, maybe. Yep. yep. And it's also your partner's. And just yeah. like you're figuring it out, Yeah. you trust yourself to hold your child, hopefully, most of the yep. time. Yeah. Let's let them figure it out, too. So anyway, so we give them... The baby or babies. Yep. Oh my yep. goodness. Twins and triplets. That's a whole nother <laughs> dynamic. But um yep, right. and then you just reset. Maybe you take a nap. Uh yeah. side note, taking a nap is not lazy. And that's yep. its own sermon right there. Maybe you take Rest a nap. Rest is productive. It is. Yes. It is. You must. Yes. So you sleep, you uh you sit in a bathtub, you blank out and 
I don't know, maybe you do lose two hours of time, but you need that. Then you can start to access some of the questions like, what do I need? Yeah. I don't know that it's possible to fully access that when everything is going on, you're overstimulated. This At is that a really point, good point. Yeah, because you're just thinking about the immediate. What do I need right now? There's a child screaming. Please figure it out. Like, that's what we need to stop. But that yeah. doesn't fuel your long-term needs, so you're just in survival mode. You have to create space to be self-reflective like this. This is so important. Mm, and don't expect yourself to be able to do it outside of that. Yeah. So let's say you get into the moment, you reflect and I like to break down needs into three categories, body, mm -hmm. mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. And even within that, think of what you might need in terms of an energizer or a soother. Mm -hmm. So you do your skin. You think body. Do I need any energizing? No. <laughs> uh, or maybe you do. Maybe you need to go to the gym and yeah. run because you loved that. Yeah. Or maybe you need a soother, like you you need to have a warm blanket or a cuddle session with your person or mm -hmm. not to be judged. Yeah. Um, then you go to mind. There's so much about, especially if you're a career woman, where you're being mentally stimulated. And if you just move to being fully stay-at-home mom or anything like that, you've lost some of your daily mental stimulation. Mm -hmm. So maybe what you need is that. You need a podcast or a book or something that keeps your brain going. Yeah. Um, or maybe you just need under-stimulation. You need to create more pockets of time where you don't have your brain going. Mm -hmm. um, then you go to soul and you think about maybe your spiritual community or your friendships mm -hmm. or, you know, morning quiet time, mm -hmm. whatever it is that helps you feel like a person not just the mom title yeah and then this is where we go to our partner okay <laughs> i love those plan. three parts though those mm. were real that was really important yeah and yeah. this part now i'm gonna touch on this and there might be something that flares up hearing it but <laughs> maybe your partner needs it too yeah and maybe we can see this as a joint effort versus now we're just islands and each of us have our own struggles and we're just drowning on our own sides of the island. And and so we ask them, what would you need? Yeah. Body, mind, soul. And then we coordinate together. How do we get both of these met? Yeah. It's so hard sometimes. <laughs> Most times. Most yeah, that's the other caveat. This is definitely going to be hard. Nothing about this is easy. <laughs> Well, especially, you know, like when we're coming from, you know, places of you had your routine and now you don't, right? And like finding your new routine and finding these new pockets of time for like your three check-ins, I think that that's really important that we all like walk away with those and be mm. checking in on our bodies, our minds, our souls, and whether that's right now in your season of motherhood that you're in right now or some other season, I think that that's something that we should all be taking away. Um, but we are going to go through these different seasons. You're going to go through, you know, you bring home new baby, the things get started up. You know, right now we're like back to school season. You're about to roll into the holiday season, you know, and we're going to have lots of different things. 
that create different barriers and challenges in some of our practices, right? And so just being really mindful that we stay true to those things and like, okay, these are my non-negotiables. These are the things I have to be doing and that it's okay when they change, you know, I'm in a season right now where I definitely need movement or I'm like Mm. burning out. Right. Um, And so like for me going to the yoga studio, I like to do hot yoga where I'm like sweating it out and moving my body. (laughs) And like, that's, that's soul giving for me right now. Was that soul giving for me when I was in the trenches, when my uh, little people were really little? No, like I needed rest. I needed quiet time, Mm -hmm. you know, and I needed something completely different. And I think that we can get really judgy, though, of ourselves when, like, our self-care thing isn't working. And you're like, I'm doing all the things. Why am I X, Y, Z? Why am I, you know, frustrated and irritable and I don't like my partner right now? You know, why am I like this? And just being so compassionate with ourselves and just curious, you know, like, okay, I love, like, the scans and just really checking in on do I need this or do I need this? You know, and it's okay that those things can flip flop. Yeah. And so this might sound, uh, I don't know how it'll sound, but (laughs) we have a list of the most traumatic things that can happen to a relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Enrolling in grad school is one of them. Yeah. Relocating is another one of them. Having a baby is another one of them. Sometimes they all happen at the same time, which is nice. So, as I I use this metaphor of the flu, like if you feel like you have the flu coming on, Mm -hmm. you're going to switch course and you're going to change things up for a bit. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I hope you do. I hope you don't. That's another story. (laughs) But, you know, you drink more fluids. You might take that extra 30 minutes before you wake up. You know, you might call out of some events because you're just not feeling good. Yeah. So seeing the transition to parenthood very much like that, I think, can help. Just having the mindset of, yeah, this is just going to feel kind of heavy and ugh yeah. for a little bit. And I might feel ugh. That doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm a bad wife. Um, and I really hope that you have a partner that you feel you can do the ugh moments with in life yeah. Yeah. without judging each other yeah. or yourself. I did want to kind of circle back on maybe those of us who don't yeah. um, and how you were talking about that you do, uh, you do work with individuals who encounter cheating in their relationship. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, what are some with some advice or some tools that women who are navigating some of those journeys can take away. Yeah. So the first thing is that if this part of our podcast episode does not apply to you. Yeah. (laughs) And if you run on the anxious spectrum a little bit. Yeah. Just, it's okay that it doesn't apply to you. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. Anything like that. This is just, you know something that some people experience and so allow yourself to listen as an observer I guess versus then taking it that part's important yeah yeah well and maybe you know just like some tools that people can maybe take away to support a friend who might encounter this or something right yeah yeah 
because you know we all know how anxiety takes us on fun little yeah, rides yeah i know um, those intrusive thoughts can win uh, some days huh yeah <laughs> so the the times where you have discovered that your partner has been unfaithful yeah um and i think the especially hard part that i've heard people go through is when that partner will tie it directly to something having to do with having kids Mm -hmm. it's just not a helpful thing to say but you know maybe you heard your partner say well i only did this because you weren't giving me enough attention or you didn't want to have sex anymore Mm -hmm. anything like that which is devastating yeah because then of course you go into this whole if i'd just done this or that and then anger and so all that to say, yeah. the first thing to remember is someone else's actions are not your fault. Yeah. They're just not. Now, we can talk about the relationship as a whole, and I think of relationships like plants, and how healthy is the plant? How mm-hmm. nourished is the plant? Yeah. And this even doesn't have anything to do with cheating, per se. Um, I right. think Cheating is something that can happen down the road with unhealthy plants. Yeah. Um, or unhealthy people. But if you are doing what you can on your side to tend to your relationship plant, then I would hope there would be some sense of freedom and release that comes in that. Mm. Um, I just love the proactive measure for things like this so that it doesn't get to this place yeah this is why maybe we can focus on that yeah yeah, and this is why you know we say all the things we talked about before because if you know your relationship is going to go into a season where it's going to take a hit i don't want any actions coming out of fear but out of let's just make sure we like fortify our plant let's create a structure a routine something for our our relationship not our family because i know we love our little one but that's a different relationship system than you and your person. Yeah. So nourishing the plant often and not just sex. I'm mm-hmm. talking about that emotional connection that you're a person, I'm a person, we like each other as people. Mm-hmm. Um, romance, things like that, that may or may not lead to increased sexual connection. Yeah. But now for those who say, but it's already happened. Yeah. Counseling. And that's not meant as a cop-out. I, as a therapist, I really love therapy. I think everybody I, should be a therapist. I just, it's, <laughs> look. And, and there's a thing where some people have had really unfortunate experiences with therapists. Yeah. yeah. But therapy can be a place where you can have some really uh, unsafe conversations safely. Yeah. And I say unsafe in the sense of, they're probably going to hurt someone. Yeah. They're not going to feel good. Yeah. But when we don't have a container like therapy, what a lot of people do is they avoid the topic entirely. And it just gets swept under the rug until something big happens, like an affair. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can get into therapy to start having those types of... <sighs> okay, I don't know how you're going to yeah. hear this, but this yeah. is what I've been feeling or thinking. Now yeah. we can start to have someone right there with you to manage the emotions that spike, manage how you respond so that you're not damaging each other. Mm-hmm. 
And this is even relevant after you've learned of an infidelity. If you guys are still both invested in the relationship, mm-hmm. that's one thing I'll always ask people when they come in is on a scale of one to 10, how invested are you in this relationship or dating? Yeah. And sometimes it's just been so long of exhaustion and both people say five. Yeah. Wish we can work with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if one person's saying a one and another person's saying an eight, that's kind of a different situation. But let's just assume you both, you know, the, the big horrible thing happened, but you both want your relationship to work. Mm-hmm. Then now is the time to practice conscious conversations, mm-hmm. break the cycle of avoidance because I didn't want you to feel bad. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Um, be honest with yourself about what you need and want. And this is a very different type of self-care, I think, is giving yourself the bandwidth to confront uncomfortable feelings mm-hmm. to move through it. Um, it could even be a space where, let's say it's not an affair, maybe it's just your partner's been really damaging in how they've approached intimacy. Mm-hmm. They've demanded or they've made you feel like an object Mm -hmm. which is not great yeah and so now you're in a cycle where I don't want to have sex with you because you don't I'm not a person and then your partner says well if we have sex more I would be able to be nicer to you to which you're like I'm not gonna and around and around (laughs) right right and so therapy can be a place where you can have some of that emotional intimacy skills learned maybe for Mm -hmm. the first time yeah. Um, because I also think a lot of relationships are able to get by without needing any actual communication until something big comes and puts pressure on it. So, so true. That, I said a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's so many facets to it. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it's really important to remember that it's not your fault and that there are safe spaces to go and have some of these conversations right um yeah and I do I just think that women especially need emotional intimacy Mm. I think men need emotional intimacy but the path that we are able to access emotional intimacy as a whole yeah are very different so you know as young girls yeah. You meet a new best friend on the playground and you talk about everything. You talk yeah. about the new yellow bow that you got for your hair and like, I know we yeah. got a pink one. Like it's just even if you see someone on the street, have you never had that experience where someone's like, cute dress? You're like, thanks, right. I got it from Target. Yeah. And that's an emotional touch point. Yeah. And men, I think, for the most part, live in this complete vacuum yeah. of emotional connection or check ins. It's devastating yeah it's sad because at some point they just kind of emotionally calcify Mm -hmm. and so it's like I'm not gonna why would I tell him that because he doesn't care you know um and so what men tend to do is what we call parallel play so their (laughs) connection comes from the dudes they game with which you know we know how that affects people sometimes when it's like why are you on the video game so much? Well, it could be part of their emotional connection, as weird That's as that true. sounds. Yeah. Um, their golfing buddies, their basketball friends. Like, yeah. 
people they do things with. And that just copies and pastes into relationship because what do men do with their partners? They have sex. Yeah. And it's a fun thing they get to do together. And they feel, they genuinely feel connected after. Yeah. Now, it's a whole nother podcast episode to talk about what type of sexual scripts they're acting out and where they got it from. Yeah. Because that creates a very different dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so all that to say, you would have to learn each other's languages or create yeah. your own relational language. Because if you're used to emotional connection, meaning sitting at a coffee shop with a best friend and just going deep, yeah. how's your soul, girl? Like, how, <laughs> right? That's me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, cut the bullshit. I want to know everything that's ever happened to you and everything that you are. <laughs> yes, and yeah. it's not threatening because it's yeah. an exchange. Whereas maybe he had a slight emotionally vulnerable moment once and someone said, stop being a pussy. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, right, right. I'm never doing it again in my life. I could promise you that. Right. And so now you come up and you're like, I just need more from you. I need, and he he can't. He probably yeah. genuinely can't because there's this protector part of him yeah. that's saying you don't do that. Yeah, she's gonna use it against you. She's gonna see you as weak, um, or because he's had decades of not knowing another type of emotional connection, he also mm-hmm. can't really comprehend what you're asking of him. Like, yeah. why would you want me to tell you what cereal I had? What does that matter? I ate. It, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm I'm still here. I'm alive. I eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. what what are you talking about? So it's yeah. like almost learning a completely different language, which again, yeah. therapy. Now, if yeah. therapy is not accessible, yeah. um, do some parallel play. Let's blend the two sides. Mm-hmm. So instead of, well, in order for me to have sex, I need us to connect. And so you sit on the couch and you look at him and you're like like how's your how's your day how's your heart oh my gosh what do you mean (laughs) instead of that I hate everything about this (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and then he says something you're like no 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 like really he's like I I told you (laughs) (laughs) so instead of that we parallel play so we go for a walk together we Mm -hmm. cook together Mm -hmm. we do a board game together maybe we do something side by side where the focus doesn't necessarily have to be on unpacking the nitty gritties of your relationship, but just doing life together. You might end up not talking about the relationship at all and feeling, wow, I feel close to you. There you are. Yeah. I missed you. Yeah. My husband and I take walks together. Mm -hmm. And this is a good one if you have littles too, that you can just like throw them in the stroller and go for a walk with your partner. And, uh, it would like open up this opportunity for us to kind of daydream together mm. that we weren't doing. That's nice. You know, and we would go on these walks and it's like, okay, it started as kind of like, you know, what was like the goals for the week? Like, what are we going to do? You know, like right. whatever. Business and type stuff. Business type stuff, which is helpful and not right um, <laughs> like you do need like those kind of conversations but yeah. when we're talking about kind of the intimacy part I don't mm-hmm. think that's mm-hmm. it so and then it evolved though right because okay now we've like gotten out the checklist conversation and mm-hmm. now the next day we go on this walk and it's like okay well we've already covered all the to-dos and you know and it, it can be really easy especially 
we have four kids, it can be really easy to fall into some of these patterns of like, we're just like coming and going, we're like checking off the boxes, who's running who to what, you know, it can, it can be really easy to fall into that and not be connecting. And so I think like allowing, okay, now we have a time where every week on Saturday morning, we sit down and we plan for the week. We have our weekly check-in, we do the meal plan, what the, what's on the calendar, who's running the kids, who, what's the logistics and all the things that like have to be done. So now when we do have these moments where we go for a walk together, we can talk about other things. And he talks about, you know, things that are coming up at work and what he's excited about. And, you know, I'm really worried about this meeting because I have a fear of this, mm. right? And I just think that, and we've like kind of looked like long-term in some of these conversations of this is a goal of mine. And you're like, really? I had no idea that this is like where you wanted to go. Like how, you know, how cool. Um, and so I just think that, you know, engaging in some of these activities can be really, really helpful. We've also done like puzzles in the past yeah. or when it's like bad weather here in Cincinnati where you're not out walking, <laughs> you know, but like something that you can kind of sit next to each other and do that's not sitting next to each other and you're both on your phone. You're oh my goodness. in the Netflix. Yes. And we get in those too. Yeah. So like no judgment. No we judgment. get in those too. But like it is important to kind of pull yourself off of the couch, away from the Netflix, away from the phone. And like what can we sit and do or go out and do where we can have conversation and it's yeah. not just – and we, the box. we have this word called triangulation, clinical yeah. words, but yeah. it's essentially there's this other thing that's drawing both of your attention away from the thing that needs yeah. to be the thing. Yeah. So that can be the phone, yeah. that can be the TV, but yeah. here's the hard part. That can also be your child. Yep. So yep. when we're yep. trying to connect as a family system, family unit, I love it. Yep. Let's play in the living room together, whatever. Yeah. But when you're trying to nourish the relationship plant, yeah. this needs to be a time where your kid's not present because you might not even notice it, but mm. oh, pets too. Pets too. So you might not even notice it, but it then becomes you feel this slight tension or boredom or I don't know what to talk about. What do you do? You go towards, oh my gosh, look how cute our child is. Yeah. Or... You go towards the pet or I need to go do the bottles or it's just easy. It's easy yeah. to get into. So finding that time where you can oh, have energy. Yeah. So important. Energy to just be with each other. Yeah. I know that you probably have so many podcast episodes about the different topics that we discussed in this episode. Can you tell me listeners where they can find you, where they can find your podcast and where they can continue to learn from you? Yes. Okay. So my podcast is called the My Intimacy Therapist Podcast and Instagram is the same, My Intimacy Therapist. Um, the episodes mostly focus on sexual intimacy, trust. Um, and even if you're feeling some anxiety or control, that is then making it hard to have sexual intimacy. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me here on the The Mother podcast. I so enjoyed this conversation. And thank you for helping me support you, The Mother. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you.